0: This is Dyes and Shoe the podcast episode 265 for the week of July 17th, 2011. Hello, hey, and yo. Welcome to Dyson EX.
1: The podcast. An
0: extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site,
1: Chew EX.
0: We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. We have a fun-filled, information-filled episode for you this week. Joining me across from me here in our lovely, let's call it a recording studio. Merry welcome.
1: Hi, good to be here in the basement. I mean studio. <laughs> how are you doing this fine week? I'm doing quite well, sir. I understand that we're in for an excellent topic. We this are episode. indeed.
0: Let's... Now, forget about the topic for a moment. I just tweeted this out there, but everyone else is very lucky that you remembered that the rest of the episode had to be recorded because I forgot.
1: Yes. <laughs> why is it that I remembered? <laughs> I don't know how I'm, or why I'm that impressed. is. I'm impressed. I'm glad.
0: Thank you, Mary.
1: You're quite welcome. I'm I glad to be the organized brain in this here outfit
0: exactly all right so we got you over there that leaves me my name is mike occasionally i go by vegeto ex online mary you will join me for this lovely pre-show banter
1: yes i shall i'm here and ready to banter away we have no news to speak of (laughs) That makes my job a lot easier.
0: <laughs> so you and I will do this stuff. We'll jump away to the topic. We'll come back. We'll do releases. And then because we did such a long topic, we're not even going to bother with emails this week. So you really don't have a whole lot to do.
1: Oh, I'd say I'm just a pretty face, but this here's a radio <laughs> internet radio. show. Pretty voice. It's Pre- good. No, thank you. But yes.
0: Let's talk about this episode, this here episode two hundred sixty five. Mary, after we conclude, this is the pre-show Stuffage. As this concludes, you will step away for a little bit. You It's a, will lot, return. Of it. it's a lot of it. You will return later. Jake, our buddy Herms from Konzentay is going to join me to talk about a lovely subject. I don't even know what the official title of it is.
1: It sounds confusing, but it, it's also really, really fascinating at the same time.
0: Fascinating is the key word there. We talked about guidebooks and the information in them, and the spin was: Are there mistakes in the guidebooks? Common Can they be misconceptions? Trusted? Misconceptions, indeed. Are there mistranslations? Are people thinking that there are mistakes, but they're not actually mistakes in there? It's a fantastic discussion. We dove super in depth, and by we, I mean Jake did, and I <laughs> nodded and agreed for I think 80 minutes. We'll see what that comes down to after it's been edited. But it's a fantastic topic. Absolutely, look forward to that. We don't have news, like I said, Mary. It's been a slow
1: week, a slow week, except for the sale. Yeah, there was a sale.
0: I know... I was super excited about it. Our Facebook exploded with ex- excitement about it. The forum exploded with excitement about it. Amazon was offering something like forty percent off on a lot of Funimation stuff. Dragon Box sets were down to twenty three dollars ninety nine. Oh, when you
1: think about that compared to what the Japanese spent on it when it first came out years ago, it's not, criminal. Not
0: even that. Our buddy Tanuki is always looking for these great comparisons with the past. He tweeted out there the price of a single Dragon Box set from the sale is less than what we paid for 10 years ago for a three-episode DVD from Funimation. Oh my
1: god, that's incredible.
0: And and compare the quality of the two releases. Insanity. Oh, what a difference 10 years makes. If you missed out on this sale, you are a horrible individual. (laughs) Throw yourself off the nearest bridge. It was great, I know. We were responsible for a lot of sales. People, like I said, so excited about Just this. Getting the
1: news out there.
0: Kai sets were down. I think Blu-rays are about sixteen dollars a pop. Oh DVDs goodness, around fourteen dollars.
1: It, it was balls of dragon. crazy.
0: I will put out there though. Dragon Box Six, which officially is out this coming week in the U.S., although right stuff's already been shipping it. Amazon still got that twenty three ninety nine price on it. And Dragon Box Seven, which is out in October, I think their pre order price is twenty nine ninety nine on it. So there's still a couple great prices for the upcoming releases. And I think some of the Kai sets are still down around $15, 16 as well. So if you're interested in any of that stuff, jump on it immediately. We've got a thread that links every single last thing and all the prices that they were. Prices have changed now, but absolutely get in on that.
1: Yeah, I think that was like the closest thing resembling news this week.
0: It was. <laughs> and it's just, hey, it's a sale. Go grab it. The only other thing I'll toss out, last week we talked with Doug on the podcast here about his custom level in a little big planet and since he debuted that level he had a YouTube channel and that got taken down at some point he's re-uploaded the trailer for the level so those of you without a PS3 who don't own the game and didn't get it as a part of the welcome back program at the very least you can check out the trailer he has for the game um, Mary when him and I were talking I we were talking about you and how much you were just splooging all over just how <laughs> amazingly detailed yeah the uh, the designs were in that level it's
1: accurate and whimsical whimsical <laughs> uh, I like to bring the whimsy Why are you stealing well, no. from other podcasts now <laughs> oh is that what i i didn't mean that's to. we can confirm oh okay well, I, a, I knew i heard it somewhere It's a Kanata-ism. okay i thought that was really cute <laughs> it is. anyway not that i bring the whimsy but that level it brought the whimsy you know i don't even listen to that show other than what you play in the car when we come back from the gym oh, and geez. i guess it's um seeping into my brain
0: mary the kenji yamamoto of the daizen chewy x podcast over here <laughs>
1: Oh, no. Ouch, that hurts. That hurts. All right,
0: Mary, you are going to step away for quite some time. You will return and do the releases with me. So goodbye for now.
2: Goodbye.
0: And we're going to turn it over to myself and Mr. Jake. Joining me to talk about a subject matter, which, and I mean this in the most friendly and camaraderie type of way that I possibly can. Only the types of audience members that you all are could ever possibly hope to appreciate it. Joining us, Jake, Mr. Herms from Constantine. Welcome back. It's been a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But you are here to talk with me about an amazing subject, about guidebooks.
3: It's amazing or depressing. I'm not sure which.
0: <laughs> I think we're gonna cover a little bit of both sides here. Now This uh, is actually prompted by a thread created on our forum by user uh, USSJ, I guess that would be Ultra Super Saiyajin, Future Trunks, and it was a thread about, hey, what information exists in the guidebooks that is either incorrect or contradictory, and of course, that spawns uh, sub-conversations about, do you trust the guidebooks and what are they supposed to be? So Jake, how I'd actually like to preface the entire conversation before we even talk about all these examples, is what is the purpose of a guidebook? And maybe even before that, who wrote these guidebooks in Japan?
3: Well, that's almost another subject in and of itself. (laughs) Yeah, I know. The Daizenshu were prepared. I mean, they were published by Shueisha, but the the group that prepared them was Carmel Mama, which is they've done, they've worked on uh, several other guidebooks for series, like, I think, One Piece. And they're also responsible for Kai, oddly enough. Oh, all right. Uh, Hugio has been working on this uh, big section detailing the intricacies of the way in which Kai was put together. And I wish I had read it with more care. Because, (laughs) But one of the things that goes over is that Cormel Mama is essentially the people who edit Kai. Oh, all right. Edited Kai.
0: Right. So they're in the thick of things. I mean, working on guidebooks and actually working on the show now in some capacity. So if anyone knows it, these folks are probably them.
3: Yeah. Very varied uh, operations.
0: Yeah, I'd say, I mean, going from publishing books to uh, working on a show like that, that's very varied. So I, I guess I want to get your thoughts, and I have some thoughts of my own, and everyone listening is probably going to have their own thoughts on this. What do you think a guidebook should be? Because we do have the Zenshu, but as years have gone on, we've got Landmark, Forever, Super Exciting Guides, Extreme Battle Collections. You dive back in time, we've got things like the and the adventure. adventure special. There's so many little things and pages in Weekly Jump, pages in V-Jump that can all be taken officially. So there's so many little things. Do you think a guidebook should just regurgitate facts that are stated in the series? Should it clarify things? Should it add new information? Should it retcon information? Should it expand upon existing information? There's so many questions there. Jacob. what do you think the Dragon Ball guidebooks, maybe not what they are, but what do you think they should be from your perspective?
3: Well, I think what a guidebook should do, in a way, depends on the series. Okay. For instance, uh, One Piece has very different relationship with the guidebooks because, obviously, Oda actually planned
2: <laughs> right.
3: These books are actually coming out while the series is ongoing, and so there've been a few things that have been mentioned in guidebooks before they appeared in the series. And so when that happens, obviously that shows that the people who are putting these books together have access to the creator and they know what's going on. But with Dragon Ball, it's there was the Bokan special and the anime specials that came out while the series was going on. But other than that, the Dai Zenshu and all subsequent guidebooks, they've come out after the series is just all Wrapped up, right? And so they can't predict things the same in the same way. And Dragon Ball, it's just such a mess when it comes to continuity and uh, consistency. Toriyama himself, he's made no attempts to deny this, right? And so I think that leaves a lot more space open for the guidebooks to try and clarify or maybe even retcon things, just because there's it doesn't already fit together into a neat little package the way One Piece does.
2: Right. Right. Okay.
3: I mean, in one. of his Daisenshu intros, Toriyama I think it's four, Toriyama says he praises the staff for essentially having to make heads or tails at everything (laughs) when it doesn't always come together consistently.
0: Right, I mean, you and I have talked about Toriyama and what little he planned in the manga. He's definitely not thinking, oh, maybe I should make this clear for the guidebook staff ten years from now when they come back and look at this and go, oh my god, what did this ever mean?
3: And then in his Daizenshu seven intro he says he wished he had had a copy of daisenshu 7 when starting the series <laughs> that's which amazing is, it's an interesting alternate timeline scenario right right there. right
0: so we're going to focus i think you have is all of this stuff from just the daisenshu
3: yeah i think that's well, those are the ones that are always discussed the most. And right, right. There's a couple different reasons. For, the first thing is that they uh, reused a lot of information from the ver- the few previous guidebooks, like the Bokken Special and some of the stuff that ran in Jump, like the Battle Powers. Right. So they summarized what had come before and and all the books that have come after them have more or less just recycled from them to at least some extent and the guidebooks just keep getting smaller and smaller they do I know as we go on <laughs> like the super exciting guides they're just minute yeah yeah in a way they're the most substance and they were the for a long time those were the main guide they were the guidebooks there was the perfect files which people actually described as like got daizenshu for GT mm-hmm. and then no one knew about the Boken special anything like that back then for whatever reason and right. so these were just the guidebooks until the uh, until the revival in post 2000 when the cons and bond were released and so we finally got Landmark and Forever the first new guidebooks in years and years when fans talk about all these rumors about what is or isn't in the guidebooks mostly concerned the Daisenshu for that reason
0: and it's tough to put this in a way that doesn't sound negative I and mean, I'm not even sure how to describe it myself but I mean the majority of conversations that you and I are reading about this stuff is in English. All of these guidebooks are in Japanese. So there's this huge disconnect between the entire audience that's talking about them in English and what small portion of them can actually refer to the original Japanese source material. So, so many things get lost along the way that seems like it's the reason why you and I are having this conversation right here on this podcast to begin with. Because of what people think may be mistakes and aren't actually mistakes in there. within there are mistakes that are in there that people don't even talk about in the first place.
3: Yeah. Tricky subject.
0: It is. So I guess, uh, you've broken things down by Dazenshu. So this is pretty nice. You actually have one for Dazenshu number one, which is mostly just pictures.
3: Yes. And this is, as far as I know, the only mistake in the book, which is image number 167, which is a picture of third form Frieza. But in the index, they call it second form Frieza. Uh,
0: toss out the entire book.
3: Yeah. Damn. And then, so moving on to Daisenshu 2, which is a lot more information content.
0: Right now, which Daisenshu is this one?
3: Well, this is the uh, story guide. Okay. And so it's very, it starts out with a detailed look at each Tonkobon volume. And so it has a like a sentence long summary of each each individual chapter and then summaries of the volumes as a whole and everything else in the book is based around that so there's um, they give character profiles and then all the captions have a chapter reference number which is hell typing up I gotta tell you uh, I
0: can only imagine
3: and so going by that so there's all these references to volumes and chapters throughout the entire book and so in the growing up section which goes through all the different forms characters have or their ages and things like that yeah yeah for us uh, it says that Super Saiyan Vegeta first appeared in volume 32, but in reality he first appeared in volume 29.
2: Okay, so
0: they're off by a couple there.
3: And vo- well, volume 32 is when uh, Super Vegeta appears. You know, a Super Saiyan uh, oh, right, right two. And they they get that right, but so I guess they just weren't paying attention and listed the same number twice or something.
0: Sure, it's a careless little mistake.
3: Yeah, and similarly for Krillin and Yamcha's end of series character designs, ten years later, it says they debuted in chapter 508 instead of 518. Okay. And then for, on the sub-character section, it says Kaioshin first appeared in volume 39, when in reality it was 37. Yeah,
0: that would be way too late.
3: Yeah. And then for, this is sort of debatable, but for the, it has a list of all the fights throughout the series, and there's Mm. Some which are debatably missing, like Raditz versus the Farmer, or Tenshinhan versus Cell, but I'm not sure if they just forgot about them, or if they didn't consider those fights.
0: Right, because the Tenshinhan thing is mostly just using an attack to hold him down, and is there a threshold for what is considered a fight for things like the Farmer?
3: Yeah, I mean, Cell doesn't even do anything to Tenshinhan. It's all self-inflicted. He's trying to get away. But it has Raditz versus the Farmer, but then it has uh, Goku versus the Fish, so you you ask which of these is... Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I guess the power gap with Raditz versus the farmer is a lot bigger than with the fish, but Do <laughs>
0: you still, think so?
3: Well, uh, it's hard to say. I'll leave it up for the masses to decide.
0: That's fair. All right, I guess that wraps up the, what we're calling the rapid fire mistakes for Dazenshu 2. You skip over three entirely. Is that TV animation part one?
3: Yeah. I don't think it has any mistakes. Be- the TV animation ones, they're basically all plot summary. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't really want to read through them. <laughs> you know, I didn't really have too much note- advance notice for this plot.
0: So, no, this is how we roll here. We're like, hey, yeah. get an idea. Let's go do it.
3: But it's all just the books. They're all pictures and screenshots and just uh, breaks it up by story arc and kind of explains the story. And then at the back, it has an episode guide. So it has it has neat information, but it's all out universe information. Like you could call it, which gotcha. for one thing we have. There's not much way we can. Ver- it's nice, but we can't if they got it wrong. I'm not sure if we could know.
0: <laughs> OK, it's that kind of stuff.
3: I mean, what other source do we have for the original air dates or. Uh, the animation, well, those are in the credits. Anyway, not much mistakes, but I should say that while, I guess, defend this sort of, uh, you mentioned earlier, should guidebooks just regurgitate facts from the series? Right. And I think there's a lot to be said for that, because with a series like Dragon Ball that's so long, people just don't always remember everything that's said about things. and That's true. It can be convenient to have just uh, one page that goes over everything said about uh, Cell, or the Tenka Ichibudokai, or just things like like that
0: and even the air dates like you said that's great because this remember this was airing in the 80s and we didn't have the internet to absolutely archive every single date that things happened
3: well that's not really regurgitating anyway there's no previous source for the air dates that i know of anyway
0: makes sense all right let's move on to daizanshu number four which is another great one you've only got one little mistake that you've noticed here
3: yeah there might be others but the attack classification section lists majin Buu as using goku shinkan Ido, aka teleportation technique But actually... Uh, Bu learns Kibitos, uh, Kai Kai technique. Right. Which is an, it's also a form of teleportation. It works a little different because he can go to just places. Goku needs to focus on a person to teleport to. Right. And it's got its own little name and stuff like that. But, uh, Shunkanito is actually the generic Japanese word for teleportation. It's not a, it's not a proper name like, say, Buku Jutsu or the Kamehameha. So that's probably, I mean, that might be why they decided to just throw Buu in there, but then they don't List Kibito, which is where Boo got the technique from in the first place. So either way, it's inconsistent.
0: Okay. That makes sense.
3: I know there were some other things that people have said were mistakes in Daizan Chu 4, but I'm not sure. I don't know. It seems nitpicky. Like um, one of the things uh, for the great elder, it says that he can do things that no one else can with his hands. Like at least he can uh, read people's memories and um, draw out their hidden power. And people have said, well, actually other people can do those things. But I don't think they're meant that no one else, just the average
0: people. Right. Okay. Yeah, I get it. They're, they're kind of making it as more of this just both grand and vague statement at the same time. Like, he can do stuff.
3: Yeah, and that's about it.
0: Okay, then we're going to move on to the big one here. This is Daizenshu 7, which is the encyclopedia for the series that Toriyama himself said he wished he had.
3: Yeah, and I'm skipping over 5 and 6 for the same reasons as 3.
0: Okay, yeah, TV animation part 2 and movies and TV specials where it's just kind of, here's the stuff you saw.
3: Yeah, and so, for instance, in the attack dictionary, it says that the Taioken was first used by Tenshinhan against Goku. But actually, he first used it against Jackie Chun. Ah, all right. And then similarly, Tin Shin'an's bio says that he fights uh, number 19 when actually it's number 17. Okay. And then the attack index, it lists the characters and then all the attacks that they use. And so for 17, it says that he uses the Kienzan, but instead of eight, number 18, she's the one who uses it when fighting uh, Mighty Mask. Right, right. And then Goten's bio is really weird. First off, it says that he was born while Goku was fighting Cell.
0: <laughs> Which <laughs> then, probably is not true.
3: Yeah, and then um, it says that he and Trunks learned fusion from Goku after Buu appeared at the temple.
2: uh uh-huh.
3: Getting things backwards. Right. And then finally, uh, Super... Uh, SSJ Rombo pointed this out to us, where it says that the merchandise section in the back goes through all the merchandise that existed at the time, and so the Legend of Shenlong book, it lists its retail price as 690 yen instead of 360.
0: Aha! Yeah, that merchandise section, that's what I know Wuken used on Suzinshu for the music guide over there, and so I based my original music guide off of, and there may be a couple other little mistakes in terms of, like, catalog numbers and prices in there, but like you were saying earlier it was basically the only primary source for that stuff and without the ability to independently research that stuff on our own we kind of took it at face value but it turns out hey it's a little thing it's a price but yep it was written wrong
3: and so now we we'll are move on to um those are kind of short things and now somewhat more meatier mistakes
0: okay these are good ones
3: yeah i guess it's good or bad they're either
0: <laughs> right right all right let's start it off here this is f- also from Dai Zenshu 2 um, the growing up section but then it extends over to Dai Zenshu 7 so we're going to call this one a contradiction.
3: It's an internal contradiction between volumes more or less and this ties back into the eternal debate over whether or not Gohan <laughs> was a Super Saiyan 2 when he was fighting Dabra.
2: Ah, right. And
3: so Dai Zenshu 2's growing up section lists a high school error Super Saiyan 2 Gohan as appearing in, well, only in volume 37 or it doesn't explicitly say only but the way they list volumes, if something first appears in a certain volume and then appears afterwards, it'll say, um, you know, that volume and then eco end afterwards. Okay. And so, like on Constantin, we just put we just put a plus sign next to the volume. Right, right. And so for volume 37, there's, no, there's nothing there. There's no plus sign. And so that implies, doesn't explicitly state, but it implies that he only appears in volume 37 and not afterwards in that form. And so then, while, however, in Into 7's bio for Dabra, it says that he fought Gohan as a super saiyan 2. Or that Gohan was a super saiyan 2, not Dabra. Right, right. That'd be kind of weird. And uh, Dabra and Gohan fight in volume 38, so, okay. obviously, there's a contradiction. They can't both be right here. Which one is right is, of course, a matter of debate. And then, similarly, another contradiction. Well, speaking of mistakes, you made a mistake a few episodes <laughs> back. <but you're laughs> I sure
0: about- did. <laughs> <laughs> it was the kind of thing where I knew it as I was saying it, but I wasn't sure, and I didn't check it, and I should have gone back and edited it.
3: Yeah, so, um, GT takes place five years after Z. And this isn't said in the series, but it, it's given in The Perfect Fire. They have a timeline, and so uh, Z ends, the 28th Tenkaichi Budokai, is in the year age 784, and then GT begins in 789, so five years, and I think Toei actually mentioned this too on their website, but obviously there's a lot of confusion and about exactly how much longer a GT is set, because it, there's nothing mentioned in the series itself. It's not like uh previous time skips they'd actually mention the number of years at some point.
0: Right, the narrator would pop in say, oh, and say "3 years
2: passed."
3: Yeah, so there's a lot of confusion and one of the persistent rumors is that it's actually set 10 years later. And funny uh funimation they use this in some of their advertising, but for one thing, they didn't use it in the actual dub itself. All right, it was ju- it was just some ads, and it predates them. People were saying this a lot longer before they started dubbing GT. Right, right. And I don't know where exactly it originates, but my best guess is that people just got it mixed up with the time skip between the end of the fight with Boo and then the actual end of the series, because that's ten years.
0: That could be it. But a lot of the conversations, and I think you heard us talk about that as well. Yeah. come back to the character designs. ...and how old some of the younger, particularly the girls, look and try to force that into a time frame, too.
3: Yeah, well, that that's why a lot of people think it should be more than five years, but that doesn't explain why they think it's ten years specifically.
0: Right, true enough.
3: Like, some people, there's another rumor that says seven years.
0: Yeah, I think that's just confusing with other time skips.
3: So, what is the
0: contradiction here that is actually in guidebooks?
3: Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, so, Bra is listed in the Dyson Shoe 7 timeline... At as being born in uh, 780. And so this makes her uh, 4 at the end of the series, or 3, depending on when her exact birthday is, which we right. don't really know. And then in this exact same book, later in Daizen 7's Character Dictionary, it says she was born in 778, two years earlier. And so this uh, changes her age in relation to Pan. Right. So either, either she's a year older or younger. Okay. Uh, the, in the GT Perfect files, they went with 780, presumably because well they have a timeline and it's based pretty directly off of Dazenshu 7's timeline right so it seems I don't think they made an actual choice about which one they preferred they probably just got it from the timeline and didn't really think further but we do have two sources for 780 so as opposed to one for 778 so it's, yeah yeah I guess that's the one I lean to more as official but sure it's all up in the air kind of and there's a lot more we could say about ages and what how appropriate those ages might or might not be but <laughs> right <laughs> just talking about contradictions for the time being anyway
0: does that um take care of the gt stuff there yep okay
3: so uh going back to the daizen 7 timeline it's got a few uh mistakes it makes on just when things happen or the space between events and so for instance it says that uh goku meets Yamcha on september 6th 749. And then that he defeats Yamcha on September 9th. September 9th, I should say, is the same day it has the meet the rabbit gang, and then Pilaf, and Shenlong, all that stuff. It's all on September 9th.
0: Well, that definitely can't happen
2: then.
3: Yeah, and so, if you're in the series, Goku fights Yamcha the first time, he loses because he's hungry, but then Bulma wakes up so Yamcha goes away. And then that night, Yamcha, he comes again, and he tries to get the Dragon Balls. He learns about them, tries to steal them. Then he's driven off again by Bulma. And then the next day he attacks but goku's has a full stomach this time so he just easily beats him and so obviously if that's the next day and they meet on the sixth then that should be the seventh right okay and so then all the other stuff that's on the ninth and it's kind of debatable how appropriate it is that still leaves a lot of stuff on one day
0: yeah yeah it does
3: but there's no explicit break in any of the story i mean from the rabbit gang onwards it's there's nothing like uh, eight days later or whatever, right, which they had had up to that point. so it's kind of it seems like a lot, but it's not exactly a contradiction. It depends on what you feels appropriate, I guess.
0: <laughs> I see what you mean. All right.
3: Getting pretty vague here. Okay, so and then next up, we have uh, the length that Goku stays dead. And this is something Greg Warner, um, who I'm uh, legally obliged to mention every time I'm on the podcast.
0: (laughs) I know it's great. We love taking these. I'm going to call them friendly pot shots at old Greg because, I mean, it was a time we've talked about it. Japanese was rough, but he was putting out such amazing content that it made up for what few Little problems there were.
3: Yeah. And i'm go- we're going to be taking pot shots at me later on. Yeah, so. <laughs> Which is,
0: yeah, it makes it up all for it works too.
3: out, hopefully. But so he had a translation of the Daisen Shu 7 timeline on his website, and this was copied by everyone. Yeah, it sure was. So in the present day, you still see the mistakes that, the few mistakes, it's mostly accurate, but the few mistakes he made have persisted to this day because everyone just copied him. And so this is where we get uh, AD being the unit of the years they use rather than age. Right. And Some other stuff. And so this is uh, one of the things he said. He he inserted this as a comment where um, with the, the Daizenshu, it says that Goku dies on, let's see.
2: October 12th.
3: Okay, so he dies on, yeah, that's right. He dies on October 12th and then he comes back to life November 3rd. So that's more than a year. Right. And so Greg said that this was a plot hole because the Dragon Balls can't revive people who have been dead for more than a year. However, I guess this gets into stuff that's supposed to be a mistake, but isn't. But it's kind of a myth that uh, among fans that the Dragon Balls can't revive people who are dead more than a year, or at least it's not quite as supported as people think it is.
0: Right, right. I I think we were talking about this maybe last manga review that that's going to be a topic that we have to do the actual rules of the Dragon Balls.
3: Yeah. And so the only The only time a year uh, time limit is mentioned is when they're trying to revive everyone killed by Frieza and trying to get the people on Kaio's planet revived and all that. And so Kaio asks if they could wish to revive everyone that, say, Vegeta killed. And so the god of Earth, he says that they could do that, but in Vegeta's case, they'd be limited to all the people they killed within the last year. And so implying that it only applies to large numbers of people.
0: Right. And we've had restrictions on wishes before, like the dragon of Planet Namek himself saying, I can only do one at a time. So there are these little restrictions. It's not that he can't bring back people at all. He can just do one at a time.
3: Yeah. And then, immediately after hearing this, Kayo asked Kinshinhan and the others that he asked them to stay dead an additional year so that they can use the Dragon Balls this time to make this wish instead. Right. I mean, to revive everyone Grisa killed. And so, if the one-year time limit applied just to everyone, then he'd essentially be asking them to stay, stay dead, dead forever.
2: <laughs> right, right. Which
3: doesn't make much sense. So, probably the one-year thing, it only applies to groups. Okay. Anyway, however, this is a real mistake, but not for that reason. <laughs> All right. The reason this is a mistake is that if you read the manga, Goku actually spends less than a year dead. Ah, yes. Yes. I mean, they actually specify this. They, the narrator says that he spends six months running the serpent road to reach Kaios. Right. And then when he reaches Kaios, Kaios says that they have 158 days left. Right. So this gives you 11 months and eight days, mm-hmm. less than a year. And you could argue, like, when the narrator says six months, maybe he doesn't mean exactly six months. Maybe it's uh, six, you know.
0: Six and a half, specific. sure. specific.
3: However, they actually explicitly mentioned that the signs are arriving a full month ahead of time.
0: Right, right.
3: And they were expecting them to come in a year. So it's pretty much, it's all right there in the series.
0: So in the series, that we have them, even with vague comments from narrator, we know that they're arriving sooner than the expected year, which brings it to that 11-month time period. Goku obviously comes back to life during some time in that 11th month, because he has to. He has to go, but we see him come back. Yet here we have the guidebook saying that it was more than one year.
3: Exactly. Okay. And um, there might be a reason for this, which uh, Triple Rotch on the forums, and she has her own site, she mentioned that actually the time frame works if you reverse the dates. So that instead you say that Goku died on November November 3rd. 3rd.
2: Oh. And then was
3: revived on October 12th, the previous year.
0: Okay. So maybe
3: they got them mixed up. However, this is complicated by the fact that if you use the November 3rd date... I was going to say,
0: the, isn't there an entire other timeline that would somehow substantiate these dates somewhere?
3: Yeah. Um, if you... Okay, if you use November 3rd as the date that uh, Vegeta and Nappa reach Earth, then using the time frames that are all set in the series, it's all pretty much laid out, you actually get that um, Goku and Frieza would fight on December 24th. Which is right. So, New Year's Eve, which, well, there's nothing said in the series of itself. It's right by the but, guidebooks. Yeah, it's right by the guidebooks, but also, before that... There was this comic that ah. Toriyama drew at the time. It was a Christmas issue and so he drew this little uh four, I think it's four panels and yep. it just shows all the characters uh goofing off essentially. It's set during the uh Goku and Frieza's fight, but it shows everyone uh, go- all the other characters goofing off celebrating Christmas. So um like Kame Senon on Earth, he's wearing a Santa suit and he's asleep and uh, uh Lunch is off searching for Tin Shinhan, which is if you count this as part of the content. Uh, continuity. It'd be her last appearance. Right. And uh, Bulma's playing video games inside her little hole, wherever the heck she is on Namik. And she's got a little Christmas tree and uh, everyone on Kyle's is playing hide and seek. (laughs) I I mean, they're not all Christmas related, but two of the images are. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if you count that, then I mean, it's just this side comic thing. You don't really have necessarily have to count it, but I think maybe that's that they did use that to say that uh, the fight was on sometime around Christmas. Okay, sure. But it's not certain. So
0: even even knowing or assuming that that fight takes place during the Christmas era, if you reverse that October and November date, does everything else still kind of make sense? So could we say that it was just a flip-flop mistake or are there some other contradictions?
3: Well, that's the thing. If you flip the dates that they give, then those the gap makes sense, but then the Oct- the December date doesn't make okay, sense.
0: Okay, so it it does offset some of that other stuff then. Yeah. Okay.
3: It be um I don't Uh, It'd be some other time besides Christmas.
0: Okay, so there's definitely some type of contradiction going on within here.
3: Finally, we've got uh, Majin Buu. It says that, okay, it says he's destroyed on May 8th. 774. And so this is the day after he's revived because the day the day of the Tenkaichi Budokai that's May 7th. So he's revived that day. Right. And May 7th is the day they use for every tournament, which actually comes from indirectly from the series when Piccolo he uh, when he takes his throne, he says that it's May 9th. And then if you backtrack, the tournament was 2 days before that. Okay. And then they just assume for the sake of convenience that it's held the same day every year.
0: Ah, oh, that's fair. That makes sense.
3: Or yeah. If you actually uh, do the math, then it turns out that most of Dragon Ball takes place either before, uh, directly before, during, or after a tournament. <laughs> yeah. So it, if you just have that one set date, then you can come up with a lot of other set dates, too.
0: Well, that's helpful. Well, there's a problem here because if he's destroyed on May 8th and the tournament was on the 7th, but two days pass.
3: Yeah, because if you read the story... Uh, Goku, obviously, he had, he originally had one day left in the living world, right. but then he uses Super Saiyan 3, so he has to go back to the afterlife early, and when he does that, he meets up with Gohan in the Kaioshin's realm, and so after that point, the narrator says that a day passes, and then that's when Gohan, that's when they, he's gotten really good with the Z-Swords, so they say, well, let's test him. Let's throw this really hard metal at it, so it breaks. Right. And then the, el- the elder Kaioshin comes out, and he starts doing his power-up, which he says will take a toll of 25 hours. And then obviously he when the power up finishes Gohan fights Boo this leads to that Boo's eventually destroyed so that gives you at least 2 days.
0: All right, well let me give them an out here. Maybe they're talking about hours on the Kaioshin planet which are different from the hours on Earth.
3: Well, I think they mention it being a day passing on Earth too at some point. I'm ah, not damn sure.
0: It. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I thought I had something there.
3: I'd have to go check. Right. But well I think Piccolo mentions at some point to Goten and Trunks, because he's training them. Yeah, yeah. And, oh yeah, when Boo shows up, when he uh, he turns into Evil Boo, he goes up to the temple, and Piccolo says, you're not supposed to be here now, it's supposed to be uh, two days. Right. Maybe I don't remember exactly, but he says something, that Boo's shown up early, and so if the Time was passing different in the Kaioshin world, and that would probably right. upset that. Uh, I have to go look into. No, no,
0: that stuff. makes sense. It makes sense. So we have the recurring theme of a uh, villain shows up a little too early.
3: Yeah, and then still on timelines, we get the alternate timeline explanation that Daisenshuu Seven gives. It explains. It tries to explain all the different timelines we see, the branching timelines. Yeah, yeah. Besides the main one, all the ones that are created by Trunks and Cell with their time machine. And so, how does this all work? Well, it turns out it doesn't, and, <laughs> <laughs> and we
0: can't even talk about it.
3: That's the short of it. Well, okay. So there is a mistake in the shu Seven alternate explanation timeline, but I can't remember what it is, and I don't know how to explain it. But I think what it comes down to is that there's an extra cell. Okay. If you, if, if you work it all through, because the really aggravating thing about their timeline is that it treats the main time, the timeline we see in the actual series, it treats that as the main timeline, and then has things branched off of it.
0: Which isn't true.
3: Yeah, this is in reverse. Right. What I guess they did it because they thought it would be convenient. But yeah, it just yeah. Makes it...
0: But if you follow this series, we're actually following the alternate series, because the original is the one that Trunks comes from.
3: I mean, the Daizenshu doesn't claim that the main series timeline was the original, it just uses that as the basis. Sure, or... sure. It's hard to explain.
0: No, no, I understand what you mean. Yeah. It's easy, it's easiest because it's the one we are watching from beginning to end.
3: And then notably, it, okay, so it says that there are a total of four alternate timelines. And there's the main one, there's the one Future Trunks, the the Future Trunks we know and love, if you're merry, uh, comes from. <laughs> and then there's uh, Cells, the main cell we see, his timeline. And then there's another one which is weird and makes no sense. And so, interestingly enough, in uh, Dragon Ball... Forever, which is one of the Konzenbon guidebooks, they actually give their own explanation and they only have three timelines.
0: <laughs> they just gave up on the fourth one.
3: Yeah, which it's notable because, like I said, those later guidebooks mostly just recycle stuff from the Daizenshu, right. often more, almost word for word. So yep. it's really notable that they basically just said to hell with Daizenshu 7's explanation here.
0: There have been so many threads over so many years, like going back before even our current install of the forum, with Dai Diagrams and videos. I think Desiree did a video at some point and it's just, you know what? Any care that I did have at one point has just drifted away. Yeah. It's so, uh, it's, it's Toriyama. It's classic Toriyama. Not thinking it through.
3: I mean, he he says in Dazenshu 4 that he just kept writing and the more he, it just, he kept <laughs> sinking into this quagmire.
0: <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it as much as I loathe it at the same time. All right, so let's move over to Dazenshu 4. You've got sections on the gods here.
3: Yeah, this is kind of interesting. Interesting because Daisen Shu Ford has the racial sections. So right, right. Science, the Mechians, and uh, what this is an exact. It gets kind of abstract. So <laughs> it really a,
0: does. We're, like with the monsters and stuff.
3: Yeah, and there's Frieza and his henchmen. So it's more like races and groups, yeah, I guess yeah. you would say. Bobbity and his guys. And so one of them is the gods, all the gods we see. And so it gives us a little explanation the, how this works with the gods of each planet, the Kaio, the Kaio-shin. And it says that if someone's good enough, they could be promoted to a higher position or there could be transfers of pre- positions. Like, I guess every few years, they the North Kaio switches with the South just for the fun of it, I guess. Gotcha. I guess that's what they're implying. And so, notably, this is, uh, like I said before, the guidebook, later guidebooks repeat stuff, and so the super exciting guides, they repeat, they basically copy this section and everything's the same, almost word for word, except this sentence isn't there. And I think the reason why is because in the super exciting guide, mm-hmm. this is when Toriyama explains about how the Kaio and Kaio come from the fruit of the world tree. And so ka- regular Kaio, they come from regular fruit. And then Kaio come from golden fruit. And so if you think about it, this would basically make promotions impossible.
0: Right, because it's based on not even merit, but just <laughs> what you happen to be born as in terms of color it's i don't even know what the i'm sure there's a word for it but it's like this racist rise to power
3: i guess and it's also based on lottery so whenever someone whenever a current kai or or kaioshin dies and they just draw lots to see who gets to take his place
0: i got you so one dies we've got four golden ones so they draw straws. so even if you're golden you're not guaranteed a position yeah it's awesome
3: very strange and so that's kind of interesting because they're old information was just replaced by new stuff we got from Toriyama himself.
0: And I guess that even brings it into, we are talking about those side conversations before, what do you want out of a guidebook? We didn't even talk about how authoritative do you take which information from which source, and by source I mean, well, Toriyama himself is the one saying this. So do you put this above other stuff because it's Toriyama? And that's all personal choice.
3: Yeah, and it gets complicated because, well, some people might say and I'd agree with this for the most part that Toriyama, he wrote the series so Whatever he says, we right. have to go with. Yep. But it gets weird because he says, for instance, that new Kaio are chosen when an old one dies. But in the series, we see <laughs> North Kaio die right. and nothing apparently happens. You could k- kind of try and shoehorn it in because we see in the Cell Arc that Ka- Goku goes to visit Kaio and he wakes him up and he says, Hey, don't you know all the terrible things happening on Earth? And Kaio says, Look, you know, I don't have time to just watch you all the time. Right, There's right. More, I've got more important things to do. Like but of sleep. course, he was napping. But yeah. and But then in the Boo arc, Kaio just watches Goku all the time. <laughs> That's all
0: he does because he's so damn so, entertaining.
3: Has he been fired or what? <laughs> I don't know. It is a great it's question. Not, not explicit, but it's kind of interesting to ask what's going on.
0: And frenching off of that, I mean, several Kaioshin are uh, completely killed off by Boo and it Doesn't seem like any of them are ever replaced.
3: Yeah, and it does say that the golden fruit is rare, so... uh, All right, so
0: at least there's a little bit of an out there for them. And you could also go back to Arakaio that we know. I mean, it doesn't seem like being dead really affects what he does. Not that he was doing anything to begin (laughs) with, so being dead doesn't seem to hamper his style at
3: all. no. You need a living person to take naps while Frieza takes over the universe. (laughs) All
0: right. So we're going to move away from what we consider mistakes in the guidebooks themselves. And this gets into the really fun stuff. These are the supposed mistakes that are in the guidebooks that either don't exist or exist in some other fashion or just mistranslations along the way. And here's where you get to make fun of yourself a little bit.
3: Yay. So I've been doing translations of the Dazenshuverkansantai for years now, off and on very sporadic. I think it was three years ago at this point that we put up the more or less complete translations of Dai Zenshu 2. Right. And so unfortunately there's a couple of typos or other mistakes I made that people have logically assumed were in the books themselves. And so I guess the most famous of these, not quite sure how this got famous, but is this idea that the Dai Zenshu say that Rakum killed Gohan. This is an exaggeration but what this comes from is how... in Okay, so the actual Dai Zenshu, it says that... Um, It has the attack guide and it talks about Raccoon's eraser gun. And so it says that it's uh, supposed, originally, it says that it's supposed to finish off Vegeta, Gohan, and Krillin. And so this actually comes, this is based on the series, where before Raccoon fires it, he says uh, something like, ah, this or finish you off. That kind of generic thing. And so so it's supposed to finish them off, but then uh, with Gohan and Krillin, they step in to help Vegeta dodge it, so it doesn't actually hit anyone. Right. And so the difference is, is that it was supposed to do it, it doesn't do it. But I thought, because when I was Doing these translations, I just had *Daisenshu* 2 with me, as at college, I didn't have the manga to check, and I just thought that it actually did hit them and take them all out. Not kill them, but just knock them out. Right, right. And so that's why instead of translating it as a blow to finish them off, I translated it as a blow that does finish them off. Gotcha. So minor thing. And then people took that and they for finish off, they uh, said oh, it kills them, which it's I mean, you know, finish off, it's vague, so.
2: Right.
0: It's been taken as it actually does as opposed to was intended to, and because it was on an authoritative site, it was taken as oh the daizenshi made a mistake yeah
3: and there's kind of a mistake in there because they say it's supposed to take out all three of them vegeta krill and gohan but it's only aimed at At vegeta Vegeta, right and then the, the other two they just jump in to try and save him
0: well he was gonna fire at them later
3: yeah i guess Anyway, and so I made a couple, some other typos I made, which I just found out.
2: <laughs>
0: I <laughs> this, love it. I
3: had no clue about these until I had, I found out about the raccoon thing a while back, and I haven't done anything because I can't be bothered. But
0: <laughs> I, I just found out. It. So about, as of this recording, it's actually still there <laughs> on the site.
3: Yeah, or get Hugio to do it. That's
0: fantastic, uh, Jake. So.
3: I mean, Hugio's been really busy with stuff, so I haven't had much time to talk with him on Skype. So. Gotcha. And I've had some crazy things, and it's all been very weird. But anyway, eventually, sometime. before, before the end of the world, we will be fixing these mistakes.
0: Alright, good to hear.
3: Okay, so anyway, the other things, typos I made for uh, the growing up section, it says, uh, in the original book, it says that Goku, his adult form, it's from volumes 14 to 42. So in other words, 14 till the end of the the series. series. And so instead of 42, I put 22, which is like midway through the Namik arc.
0: Right, which doesn't make any sense.
3: So, and then, the other thing is that for Vegito, it originally says that he just appears in 42. Which, this is the whole plus thing again. Right. With the plus sign, Iko, and just signifying um, the volumes afterwards. Right. And so I accidentally put a plus sign next to 42 implying that Vegito appears in 42 and later volumes which there aren't, of course. <laughs> right. Moving on. I th- still in volume uh, still in Dai 2. Later on in the, or earlier in the attack guide it's talking about the Super Kamehameha and originally described it, it's kind of hard to explain. It's one of these sentences that it works in Japanese, but it's make really awkward when you try and just directly translate it into English. Yeah, sure. But basically, it's saying that the Super Kamehameha, it's an improved version of the Kamehameha, and the Kamehameha destroys the moon, which, of course, we see in the series. Right. With uh, and blowing up the moon. But uh, what I ended up coming out with is it says, an extra-strength version of the Kamehameha, which shatters even the moon.
2: I see. So the description
0: at the end sounds like it's talking about the object at the beginning, but it's actually talking about just the regular version.
3: Yeah, so obviously Goku didn't destroy the moon, because the moon, well, actually the moon would have been there at that point, but... Right. So the Super Kamehameha doesn't destroy the moon, and Daisenshu doesn't say it does, but it sounded like it says it does because of me. Okay. And so now we get back to Greg Warner. It's kind of interesting. This is a mistake that I've noticed, but I've never seen anyone else point out. Oh, okay. I don't know. It seems so obvious, but anyway, so the Dai- his translation of the Daizenshu 7 timeline again, it describes... Okay, the original timeline, it talks about when the rainy season begins in Namu's village. And this comes from, in the series, Namu he has a flashback, uh, Sen is reading his mind. Right, right. And so, about his village is suffering from drought, and they need water, and it won't rain for two more months. And so, logically then, they list it: the rain starting uh, two months after whenever that would be. So, if it was May, I guess it would be September. Er, no, no, that would be July. July, right. Whatever. <laughs> Probably should have listed this. Here. but anyway it's uh, so it lists the rain starting and it's based on that thing but he said uh greg it, all of this is correct but then he says namu's village on namik <laughs> all right <laughs> which is kind of weird i guess may uh must have been late at night yeah so it happens and then an- I, i'm not another thing you hear a lot about is uh people saying that the daizen shu claim tinshinhan can use the kaioken and it doesn't say that anywhere that I've seen. I mean, I've checked all the relevant points. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think at some point someone saw Taioken, thought that was supposed to be Kaioken, and it just went from there?
3: It could be. The other thing, I'm not, I couldn't really verify this, but I think I remember hearing that the French translation of Daisenshu 7 got that wrong. And so that's where the idea comes from. Oh, okay. Not sure.
0: And that's an interesting point to make, is that France got Daisenshu? was it 1 in 7 they got?
3: Yeah, that's kind of the standard standard setup, I think. There's a lot of countries that have one, and uh, maybe France is the only one with seven, actually. No it's the only one I'm aware it. of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but a lot of, I mean, a lot of countries only get Daizenshu one. <laughs>
0: well, it's and so easy.
3: So, yeah, makes sense, and so it seems that the U.S. has become another one of those countries. <laughs> and
0: yeah, we're finally there, as of a couple of years ago.
3: Doesn't seem that Viz has any plans to put out the others. Nah, such a shame. All right, well, let's stick with France
0: here for a little bit, another one in Daizenshu seven.
3: Right, so... I guess this wouldn't, if this were true, it wouldn't exactly be a mistake, but it would, it would be really silly. And so this was brought to my attention by DaySpring on the forums, who is, uh, he's in Canada. He's got, so he knows French. He has the French version. And he was complaining about how it claimed that in the item dictionary, it has an entry on the capsules that the androids are stored in. And the French translation says that when you cut the core, the pipe that connects them, that it turns the android inside evil. And so Dayspring thought that this was supposed to be an explanation about why the androids in the future are evil and the ones in the present aren't so bad.
2: Oh, alright.
3: And so, you know, when I heard this it's like, what the heck is he talking about? And so I went and I looked at the Japanese version and the Japanese version, what it says is that when the pipe is cut It has a negative effect on the android inside. And this is another thing that's based indirectly on the manga, because in the manga, uh, Trunks, he blows up the whole laboratory to try and stop them. And so when they're about to let number 16 out of his capsule... right. And he, th- he thinks he's done, Trunks has accomplished, Trunks thinks he's accomplished something, but then you see that they're unharmed, standing over on a hill, and they've got the the capsule they're holding up with one hand, right, and right. the cords just dripping. And so they put it down on the ground, and then 17 tells 18, oh, you'd better let him out quick, the pipes cut.
2: Right, okay. So
3: it's not clear what they're talking about, but obviously that implies that. There's some reason they need to get them out if the cord's cut. Okay. And so so that's where they come out with it having a negative effect. And I guess the French translators somehow got negative effect into turning them evil. Gotcha. So you can kind of see how
0: Yeah, yeah, I can see how they might arrive at that. It's
3: like a Google translation kind of
0: thing. (laughs) Exactly, yeah.
3: And then uh, this is this final thing here, back to timelines. This is something that uh, whoever it was on the forum that made the thread that inspired this podcast, he was saying that someone had said that uh, the Zenshu claimed Bojack was part of the timeline. And so there are a couple ways you could interpret this, but uh, so we'll just go through them in turn. And so first off, uh, the Dai Zenshu Seven timeline, which is the only timeline in the Dizenchu, right? And then the GT Perfect files—they kind of copy it, and so those are the two main timelines. But Dai Zenshu Seven timeline. The only movies it lists are DBZ movie 1 and 5, and so it doesn't have 9 in there.
0: And I think that makes a little sense because Garlic is then reused as a part of the TV series, so they kind of want to include his origin into the timeline somewhere, as little sense as that would make. And then Kula, well, he's tied in with Frieza.
3: Yeah, and I think they, I'm not sure, I think they might have done that because it has this. Sort of the Bardock special connection? Oh, okay,
0: that makes sense too, yeah.
3: Maybe. And so, it should be said that the timeline in Daizu 7, it does include some of the filler, and it includes the the plan to eradicate the science, and it even includes... I have no idea, no one's ever been able to figure out what this is that I know of, but it includes Goku being interviewed by a weekly Shonen Jump. (laughs) Really? And, I mean, my best guess is that there was... You see these some sort of uh, interview type thing that they printed in Shonen Jump when the series was going on. Yeah, you see yeah. these things sometimes, you know, just in character, right? Just right. Answering it's questions. Fun little like, side things. Like there's a one of the Yu Yu Hakusho guidebooks has something like this where people the characters just answer questions as the characters, as opposed to the author just giving the information. Kind of neat. And so I think there is something like that. And it would have, I guess, been around whatever point in the timeline at what they included it. Gotcha. And so the point I guess I'm trying to make is that when they were making this timeline, they weren't really concerned with what fans would consider canon. By including something in the timeline, I don't think they're just trying to say that this is part of the main continuity.
0: Right, they're just saying, this is when it would take place.
3: Yeah, it's just associated with this time, this date. Right, right. Like with DBZ Movie 1, they placed that before Raditz shows up the same year, because if it happened, that's when it would have to happen. It's not going to happen in the Boo arc or uh, 300 years before the series or anything like that. There's an obvious point in which it would have to happen.
0: Not that it can, but if it were to, right, this is when they're going to put it.
3: And that brings us to *Daisenshu 6, which has not exactly a timeline, but it's the movie Daizenshu, and at the start of each section of... It has sections for each of the movies. Right. And at the start, it has this little thing where it says approximately when the movie would take place. Okay. So, but tw- it's not, it doesn't have years or specific dates. It's just between events. All right. So, um, trying to think offhand. I think for uh, DBZ Movie 1, for instance, it says that it took place between the 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai and then Raditz's arrival.
2: Of course it would, right.
3: Yeah. I mean, obviously. And it's all stuff like that. It's just like, okay. Things like, like um like movie 12 it Goku mentions it actually gives little explanations Goku mentions Boo right so it he must mentions after, Boo sure and uh, says yeah you're the first person besides Boo I've had to transform into a super saiyan 3 to fight and so obviously that would have to take place after Goku fights Boo as a super saiyan 3 and then go but Vegeta's still dead so it should have to happen before he's brought back to life during the final fight with Boo and so that's what they say and they they say things like this and then they but they the funny thing is, is that they always mention, well, this contradicts things. This
0: is, <laughs> right, so they're aware of it. This is just
3: a what-off story. It, it's kind of, it's logical, but it's kind of funny to see come from an official source just to flat out say, this makes no sense. Right. I think my favorite part is for a uh, DBZ movie 8, where they say it must have taken place during those days leading up to the Cell Games, but then it says, we. it's a complete mystery why they'd all just be goofing off, <laughs> singing karaoke, right. watching uh, cherry blossoms, like what the hell's wrong with them?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's good. They have some pretty great explanations there, then.
3: Yeah. And so, anyway, they have one for DBZ Movie 9 because they have one for every movie, but just because they have that doesn't mean they're saying it's part of the main continuity or it's canon or whatever.
0: Okay, and a good distinction there is that's part of Daisenshu 6, which like you were saying, with the introduction of each movie, they simply make a statement about when it could happen. That's not the same as this is a part of the timeline in Daisenshu 7, and even that is not saying that these absolutely happen as a part of the manga storyline but simply movies one and five this is when they might take place exactly
3: okay I guess, like I say, DBZ movie two, it's not in the Boo arc,
0: you know. Right, right. It's going to be earlier. All right. So let's transition here to our final section of the podcast topic this week. These are the controversies that arise from bits of information, which are said. And I guess they're not contradictions. They're maybe new bits of information or expanding on something. But for whatever reason, some fans seem to have a problem with these new tidbits.
3: Exactly. And so we've got only two things here, but they're pretty major, I'd say.
0: Oh yeah, you see definitely this first one. Lots of places. And when you and I were talking about what we might cover here, I was saying, I think a lot of the English-speaking fans may have first seen this tidbit. And I forget what game it is. Maybe it was Meteor. It was one of the sparking games that had character profiles. I think it was I think Meteor. it was
3: Neo. Was it I Neo? I think it was one of the sequels, anyway. Okay,
0: yeah, it definitely wasn't the first one. That says that Tension is... is he Alien?
3: Well, for a few important distinctions is, first off, it says he's descended from aliens. Right. So it's not like with Goku or Piccolo, where they actually fell in from the sky in a spaceship and just forgot they were aliens. It's saying that, well, let's take this back to where it originated. Sure, it's, sure. As far as I know, the first place this was ever said was Daisenshu 4. And so, as mentioned earlier, it has the racial section, and so Earthlings is one of them. And so it goes, sometimes it talks about the special abilities of specific Earthlings. And one of them is Shinhan. And it says that he's descended from a alien race known as the Three-Eyed Clan. Or the way it says it, it kind of says like the Three-Eyed Clan are descended from aliens and Shinhan is descended from them. Okay, all right. So it's like these guys are also alien descendants and he's – so he's like two steps removed almost. Sure, sure. So he's descended from these guys, these – people who are either aliens or alien hybrids, but they're called the three-eyed clan, and so they, and that's why Tinshinon, he has, well, okay, that's why he can grow extra arms and split into four people. The amusing thing is that it never says that the reason he has three eyes is because he's (laughs) descended from them, but that's it's almost too obvious to mention. They're called the Three Eyed Clan. Right, right. And it's it's interesting to note that this term, Three Eyed uh, Clan, the uh, Mitsumeizoku, it comes from, well, I don't know if this is where they got it from, but it appeared earlier in the Osamu Tezuka manga, The Three Eyed One. Yeah, sure. Which is uh, the. The, guy, the main character is, uh, what is it Sha- it's some pun on Sherlock Holmes so it's like Sharaku it's Japanese okay. Japanicized and so Sharaku and he has three eyes normally he has his third eye covered but so he's really nice and actually he gets bullied and then when his third eye is exposed he turns evil and has psychic powers and so he's desc- He's descended in the story from the three-eyed clan but they're actually not aliens as far as I know they're just an ancient Earth race so I don't know if uh, this is intended as a reference to the Three Eyed One, it was one of, Tor- uh, of Tezuka's more popular works. Yeah, yeah. It ca- kind of revived his reputation in the 70s, and Troyama has said he's, uh, Tezuka is one of his influences, but I don't think he's ever mentioned the Three Eyed One specifically. Okay. The thing about Tenshinhan's ancestry it appears first in Daisenshu 4, then in Daisenshu 7, and then um, I can't remember chronologically when the. When did, uh well, the next point would have been the Dragon Books for the Japanese Dragon Boxes.
0: Okay, and that was 03?
3: Yeah, and then the Sparking Game would have come out.
0: Neo was 2006.
3: Yeah, so, and then I think that's been the last point it was mentioned, not counting the English translations of that game or the Dragon Books. Right, right. It's never been mentioned as a bit of information that's come from Toriyama. That's not specifically, which we do have a lot of things in the Daizen, where they say, uh, well, here's something. Like, um, Zenshu 7 has an actual page where it's just Toriyama giving character secrets, like uh, what 17 and 18 were originally. He says they were delinquents before Gero got his hands on them. And uh, Pilaf kept trying to take over the world, and then Cell appeared, so he had to postpone his plans, and then (laughs) Boo, and stuff like that. Right. It's not mentioned as coming from Toriyama. It doesn't mean it's not, but there's no proof that it did.
0: Okay, and again, that takes it back to, for your own personal canon, I guess you can say, do you weigh things differently depending on what the source is? Well, we don't actually know on this one. All we know is that it's it's in the guidebooks.
3: Yeah. And so um, it's been kind of one of the other points of controversy has been that it the recent guidebooks haven't mentioned it. Gotcha. And it, but it gets confusing because the super exciting guides, for instance, they list in Shin'an's race as simply Earthling. And so the question is, is that a contradiction? Because Shu 4, it says he's descended from these aliens, but also but he's right Northland. there— yeah. So he's, he's still an earthling despite he, but he just has really distant ancestry. It's so, so does the fact that they don't mention it contradict it or it's like, at what point does it have to be, <laughs> do they have to keep repeating this forever for it to be valid? Does it expire? Or I don't know.
0: And even going back to an earlier point you made is that the guidebooks have, I mean, the Daisenshu were seven volumes expanded to 10. We've been getting a, a couple more over the years, but they're always in sets of two and they're really tiny. So they're not going to include every bit of information that has existed up till that point so maybe this is just one of those well they didn't put it in there because there's only so many pages
3: yeah so it's, it's hard to say either way
0: all right well let's wrap it up with absolutely our most favorite subject of all time here at daizen shui x and that's battle powers jake i dare you keep me awake <laughs>
3: Well, it's kind of funny. I think I purposely put these last, just out of spite. <laughs> right. But whenever you hear people mention the Daisenshu, it seems like ninety nine percent of the time it's about battle powers.
0: I know it's so funny. We've talked about all these other things. I I know people who are listening to this conversation that care about battle powers, are like. But I thought, but 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 the Daisenshu—they're just battle powers, and isn't this where all the mistakes are?
3: Yeah, and the funny thing is, there's only really two pages of the Daisenshu devoted to battle powers. It's just this thing in Daisenshu seven. Which 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 they stick in the middle of the character dictionary for some reason. (laughs) Right. It's just this
0: thing hanging out there.
3: (laughs) It's right right after Goku's entry. And so they have two pages devoted to Goku's growth and battle power. And they have other characters for comparison's sake. And that's where most of them are. There's a few others like Zarbon's character dictionary bio. It gives his normal forms power as a 23,000. So there are a few other random things, but it just comes out to such a minuscule part there there the dice in as a whole are over 1,600 pages. So, and <laughs> <laughs> battle powers are two. Yeah. And it's another, on a related subject, uh, Jacob on the forum, I think it was on Twitter, where he pointed out, if you, t- right now, here, let me try this, see if it's still applicable. Sure. Uh, here it is. If you type in VJump into Google, you know, it has this, this thing that jumps down and gives you suggestions. Yeah, yeah. And so the third suggestion is VJump power level list.
2: Oh,
0: jeez.
3: <laughs> just V Jump, not even V Jump Power. Just V Jump on its own, and you know V Jump. It's a magazine that's been running for I don't know how many twenty years, would you say?
0: Oh, V Jump. Yeah, I can't even remember. It's been around as long as I know.
3: Yeah, monthly for over ten years. Twenty. I'm gonna say twenty years arbitrarily. I'll look
0: it up while you're talking.
3: <laughs> okay, so it's been running all these years. <laughs> all right, 1993.
0: It's had, so it's been a while.
3: Yes, and it's had maybe two. M- Two, I think, maybe three issues that have had a power, Dragon Ball Z power levels, battle powers in them. And so, but I guess the for some reason, this is what they're known for among the public at large, apparently. Yeah. I don't know what Google suggestions represent. Right, right. This is what people Google them for.
0: Yeah, it's crazy that of all the stuff that V-Jump covers, I mean, we're talking the entirety of the Japanese video game industry. The English-speaking folk looking for V-Jump on Google, apparently looking for Dragon Ball power levels.
3: Yeah. Okay, this is getting even further off topic, but I think part of the reason is because of that fake scan. Oh, there's I know. This, there's this fake scan that um, shows, uh, it, for, it collects all... The, a lot of it, mostly, it's official power levels that have been given, and then it combines them, and then at the bottom, it gives the powers for Cell and Boo and those kind of guys, Super Saiyan 3 Goku, and the image itself doesn't say anything about where it's from or really anything, it just gives the numbers and the names, but somehow it's gotten, people have uh, assumed that it's from V-Jump for some reason, and it Definitely isn't. There's really no chance it could. It doesn't look. It's, no, it has no. mistakes. This could be its own topic, but it, short of it is it's fake or it's, it's not official. I don't know if some the person made it intending to fool people, but it definitely isn't anything that's come from an official source.
0: Right. So we can just leave it at there. It's definitely fake.
3: Yeah. Okay. So anyway, battle powers. Battle. Powers. Um. So Daisenzu. So they they have these two pages devoted to battle powers, and so a lot of these they give new ones that aren't given in the series, and these have attracted a lot of controversy. And a lot of the ones they give in Daisenzu Seven originally appeared in Weekly Jump, while the series was running, in this uh, little fold-out poster that they gave. um, It was the chapter where Goku and Vegeta, they have their beam struggle. Okay. And so this is where most, well, a lot of the original ones come from. The two ones that get cited a lot for complaint are Raditz, who it gives his power as 1,500, and then Nappa, who it pegs at 4,000. And so, uh, some of the, the biggest complaint people have on Raditz is that in the series, Nappa says, after the Saibaiman are defeated, After one of them is defeated, he says that it has a battle power of 1,200 and that, well, originally he says that it rivals Raditz going only by power. It's another one of these sentences that is really awkward to say entirely in English. No, right. But I guess he says only by power, which I think is to imply that the Cybermen... You know, they're idiots. They can't talk.
0: Right, right. So even if Raditz was slightly weaker, he's at least smarter than a sci-by man.
3: Yeah. And then he says that they rival it, which is not nec- There's It's a suru, which is, at another point in the series, uh, it's used to describe Videl when... a rate, uh, Who is it? sharpener or whatever... Mm-hmm. gohan's friend he says that she's uh, she rivals mr satan but he doesn't think that videl's as strong as satan just that they're in the same general league
0: gotcha okay
3: although of course it turns out videl is actually
0: stronger <laughs> right him. right there's a so, no comparison at all but
3: so anyway what Nappa says doesn't imply that they're dead even so Viz, Viz's vis's translation says that they're equal to raditz okay which what would, wouldn't in and of itself be a bad translation except that People, when they see equal, they assume it means absolute mathematical equality. Right. Like, it wouldn't be a bad translation if people didn't take it too seriously. But And then there's, to top it off, there's actually this memo that Toriyama wrote for the anime staff saying it explains out the Saibai Man. And one of the things it says, this is actually one of the things that, the thing that infuriates me about these memos that they print in the guidebooks is that they're always too small to read, clearly. I
0: know, isn't it awful?
3: <laughs> I mean, why didn't... Uh... <laughs> How hard would it be just to zoom in? One of the things you can make out is that it says, Toriyama's saying, they're really strong, but their their battle power is slightly inferior to Raditz. And so, anyway, the sh- all in all, I don't think the Daizenshu level is that weird, but there's other arguments you could make, like, would Raditz have been hurt by the Makanko Sapo because that was 1,370-something? Right, right. Would he have been, or Gohan's attack? And they bring, people say that end. I mean, it's not, there's nothing wrong with that, but I mean, personally, there's no way Toriyama's really thinking these things tr- these things through to that level of uh, exactitude. Right, He's
0: we've got those comments from him that he's like, I'm just writing and especially with the timelines, he writes himself into a hole. So
3: It's not going to be like an RPG where you know, uh, this technique does uh, one <laughs> right, right. <X> damage.
0: <laughs> where, <laughs> I forget, it was one attack in, that I was replacing on my Pokemon like this attack does 40 HP of damage every time, absolutely.
3: Anyway, so, and then the other one, the other big one they complained about is uh, Nappa. He's at 4000. So in the series we see Goku shows up. He's at the start his battle power is 5000 and Nappa is really he really freaks out when he hears that. And then uh, there's the famous scene of course. Goku he powers up. What's his power? Well, actually, it's only 8,000, but over 8,000. And then so they fight, and Goku, he's he's just outclassing Nappa in every way. He's standing on his head. So, you know, he's teleporting around, seemingly. He's just owning him. Right. And then so this—I mean, this would seem to support the thing where— 4000 versus 8000 twice as strong he's easily beating him yeah yeah but then so they do that but then Nappa he starts screaming he really loses it and Vegeta says hey just calm down if you just calm down you can beat him
0: right and we've got he's got his giant mouth attack and Goku is just barely able to kind of push it away at the last second and then he makes a comment like this will take forever if we keep this up here
3: yeah so after that one point they seem to actually be more and more even until finally Vegeta's like, well, this is even Vegeta is like saying, this would take too long. I'm just going to kill him myself. Right. And so that's the thing people cite to say, well, this makes no sense. And so I mean, there's a couple. Of, like we said before, you could say, well, these don't have to make sense. It's like not going to be an RPG where the rules always apply. And it's or it's like Kanikuman, which I've talked about before. <laughs> right. Where yeah. Where they have they have these numbers that are just everything you could say about the unreliability of Dragon Ball's battle power system. It applies times ten. <laughs> Does
0: it really? I can only imagine what those threads are like.
3: It's, it's well, no. Well, that's the thing. No one cares.
0: Oh, okay. So it's it's so absurd that it's gone beyond that. That's fantastic. I wish we had that.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm not too involved in Kinikuman fandom, but I've never heard of people debating it because, well, for one thing, almost every character has an official power. Okay. So there's not a lot to debate of, and they never change for the most part. All right. So there's not a lot to debate, and then it is so absurd where it's uh, people have a power of a million, and then they beat a guy with a power of a hundred million, and a I mean it's hard, but they right, do it.
0: Right, right. Well, we even see that in the series, and I've always talked about this: that the winner of the fight is always going to be the one with the most shonen spirit and friends at the end of the day, because that's what it takes to defeat an opponent, no matter how strong they are.
3: So there's the uh, tactic you could say where these just aren't these aren't these numbers aren't absolute, and then there's the other thing you could say where there could be factors besides just these, I mean, the battle powers, they're supposed to measure ki, so there might be things besides ki, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Nappa, he's huge, he's really muscular, and Goku comments on how tough he is, so maybe he's tougher than other people of that same Amount of ki would normally be well
0: for a comparison like that. Later in the series, when we have Piccolo versus Seventeen, Piccolo is going to run out of stamina at some point. So even if they're at equal power, eventually Seventeen can just tough it out until he decides to kill him.
3: Yeah, and then also the thing is uh, that Vegeta, when he gives the advice that turns the fight around, he doesn't say you know raise your power. He says just think clearly. Mm. So it's maybe it's all mental. It's how skillful you are and. Things like that. Gotcha. I mean, ultimately, I don't care if people want to just not accept this and come up with their other thing. Like, I know Team Four Star is. What is it? In Raditz's is, is,
0: Ooh, how do you say that? <laughs> right. 1.2 Raditz's is, is,
3: I mean, doesn't it come out to 6,000 if you do the math?
0: Yeah, something like that. But yeah, yeah it, I mean, that, that is a, another point that I want to make too. And it's that I don't think you and or I are saying that you must absolutely accept some type of battle power, whether it's written one place or said by another character, one place, this is what exists. Here is the context surrounding it. Come to your own decision, but, Here's what it is.
3: Yeah. And they keep using, I mean, despite all this, I don't know how Japanese fans react to this. I haven't really gotten into that, but I do know that they keep reusing these battle powers in video games. Okay. So it doesn't seem like they, if there have been complaints that they really care or, I mean Attack of the Scions came out uh, just a couple years ago and they had these in there. Right, right. And they keep getting repeated in guidebooks, super exciting guide, latest, and so these just keep on being the official numbers. So, I mean, you can uh, say that they're not ac- they're not as good as they should be but you're gonna keep seeing them. I, you, you,
0: <laughs> Except I mean, defeat at some point? Yeah, I guess. Alright. I love how we ended it on Battle Powers and I'm I'm so completely apathetic toward them that it's I don't know it's very appropriate
3: and there's other stuff there's the multipliers for super Saiyan, and then for the higher stages in the super
0: oh jeez, I will leave my own and- podcast if you start talking
3: this <laughs> yes. and Frieza and uh, there's all this stuff but I mean in the end I don't care not- <laughs> in the end I don't care
0: is what you're saying <laughs>
3: yeah. I guess. I'm not going to condemn anyone for not no, no. accepting these. For so. sure. I don't want to make it seem like that.
0: I understand where you're coming from. I I, I think and I hope other people do as well. It's, it's all a matter of tossing out the information, letting people make their own decisions. And as long as they're aware of what's actually said, as opposed to what Jake wrote three years ago and then forgot a plus sign. I mean, I
3: don't think you should take the Dizentious Gospel. I don't think you should take the Gospels as Gospels. <laughs> that's a whole other topic. Right, right.
0: But, it is I indeed. Think. All right, Jake. I can't believe what a topic this turned into. It's one of those things where I see a great forum thread and it can absolutely work as a discussion on the topic. And I hope it's just another way that people can get the information that we've been collecting in little bits and pieces. And you just go crazy, and I love it.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think the books are worth the effort. I mean, they've got mistakes, but on the whole, they're pretty good. One thing I pointed out on the thread is, they're 1,600 pages. We've got, we've discussed maybe, what, 16 errors here? Right. So that's one error per 100 pages, which is a lot better than you're going to get out of (laughs) Konzentay. And
0: most of them will just be, it's the wrong chapter (laughs) listed. Well, Jake, thank you very much. Is this the kind of information that you think will uh, show up as some kind of of appendix to a guide somewhere down the road?
3: Maybe. I've got a lot of stuff on my list. <laughs> it's kind of piled up.
0: I know. Throw it on the list. Well, you've got plenty more years for Konzentai. Yeah. Alright, why don't you toss out a plug for it while we're Oh, at yeah,
3: it. yeah. Duh, I'm not taking the hint, am I? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Konzentai. That's Konzentai icom Konzentai.com. K a
0: n n n z e n -N -N t a i dot com
3: is that it? Well, there's all yeah, something like that.
0: All right, all right. Well, Jake, thank you very much. We'll uh, we'll definitely have you on sometime in the near future again.
3: Sure. See you then.
0: Returning after a period of absence, Mary, are you ready to do releases
1: here? I'm out of uh, hibernation, and I am ready to talk about releases, even though it's midway through July. What do we got?
0: There's still a few things coming out. Let me get you going here. Uh, We talked about it at the very beginning of the show. Dragon Box 6 from Funimation. That's on July 19th, a Tuesday. Of course, this is the DVD 4x3 original Japanese remastering. This is covering DBZ TV episodes 210 through 250. So we are knee deep into the Majin Buu stuff. It's only one set after this. MSRP on this is $59.98. But we were talking earlier, Amazon's got the pre-order price on it still because it's technically not out yet for $23.99. God. Right Stuff's got it for $44.99. So Right Stuff, if you ordered it there, you already have it. As opposed to Amazon where you're paying, uh, oh my God, about $20. Less over there. So, Mary, we're going to take it over to July twentieth, a Wednesday.
1: All right, we've got the French edition of the Kanzin Bon from Glenot, volume fifteen for uh, for ten fifty five euros on sale for ten oh two at Amazon France.
0: That's right. They're cruising through the manga over there too. So they're in. I've Julian and I were talking about this, I think, an episode or so ago. We were forgetting where in the run that is with the reduced numbers. it mm. has got to be into the Scion arc at that point. Uh, coming out, this is something Julian and I were also talking about. Consistently delayed month to month to month. July 25th, now retitled something like The Mangaology of Dragon Ball. This is that unofficial Japanese book coming out. It is 2,310 yen. You can pre-order it over at Amazon Japan. Maybe Julian will get it at some point in the future once it drops in price. And you know what? I'll just finish it off here. July 29th. It's a Friday. Dragon Ball Z DVD box number 10 in Germany. This is the last of the boxes they're getting from Kaze. It's based on the French video transfer. So remember, no Dragon Ball stuff there. It's uh, DBZ TV episodes 277 through 291 on three discs. End of the series there, four by three. And it is 32, 45 euros at Amazon Germany. August is going to be a jam-packed month. We've got uh, the end of Kai releases in Japan, and uh, we've got the two TV specials that are coming out in Japan as well. Variety of things in August and September, into October, and then into November with video games, so it is going to be a pretty busy second half of the year. Mary, we spent so much time on the topic that was sort of like a feedback email thing, because it was actually in response to a forum thread. We're just going to call it quits here.
1: Okay, sounds like a plan.
0: But if people do have the questions, the comments, the hopes, right. the dreams.
1: And aspirations. And We're always looking Freda, for them. Don't you
0: ever forget your aspirations. We want to know. I do want to know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do you aspire to tell me baby
0: girl because i need to know <laughs> your aspirations where are they going
1: going to podcast at diezx.com that's p-o-d-c-a-s-t at d-a-i-z-e-x.com you can also find us on facebook at facebook.com slash dizex, and probably a little more frequently on twitter at twitter.com slash dizex. i think these are actually, at dizex, whatever
0: yeah just at dizex. Yeah. i think i'm posting on facebook more often than oh. i am on twitter i don't know it's it's a little of both it's everywhere i post places so mary um great hustle this episode you had uh quite a bit of contributions <laughs> sarcasm will get you nowhere <laughs> again i do have to thank you for remembering that this part needed is that
1: all i get credit for
0: be recorded i remember some things good job you're uh, Thank you again.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. See you at some point oh, in the uh, near future? In the house. In the house? <laughs> all right. I'll be around. Okay.
0: Uh, so, for Mary across from me here, goodbye, man. Bye,
1: see you y'alls. For
0: Julian off in Japan, and for all the fine folks that have joined us on the show week in, week out, my name is Mike Vegito EX. You can find us, daizenshu EX, www.daizex.com. That's where Dies and Shoei X is. You click there, you find all the other stuff, lots of things. So again, thank you. We will see you next week for episode 266. Thanks for listening to Dies and Shoei the podcast this week. Join us back. In your ears. Next week and each subsequent week for Dragon Ball Talkings. It's what we do on the internet. Enjoy. Have fun. We have fun. Yeah, we do. Hope you have fun. Dragon Ball. It's a series. Dragon ball, the other white meat from Japan. You eat it. You slather it on some bread, a little mayonnaise.
1: <laughs> it's disgusting. We done. We are.